Good day. I said good day. This is your weekly Tech Law 10. I'm Eric Sinrod at the international law firm of Dwayne Morris. I'm based in San Francisco, and I'm fortunate as ever to be joined by my colleague, Jonathan Armstrong, who promises to dazzle as he always does. Jonathan, breaches. You're in the breach. What are you thinking about this subject today? Well, thanks very much, Eric. Um, I'm, uh, I don't, uh, in, in some respects, I want to talk about people over-promising, so I'm not going to promise too much to dazzle. But we've been looking at the breaking news over the weekend of the breach of security, let's put it that way, of uh, Mossack Fonseca. They're a Panamanian law firm. They're not just limited to Panama. For example, they have um, more than 12 uh, or 12 offices in Europe and some 40 offices perhaps around the world and may have been subject to a large data breach. Apparently, 2.6 terabytes of client data have been compromised going back some 40 years. And the data includes their clients' emails, financial spreadsheets, passports, and corporate records from some 21 offshore jurisdictions. Now, this has been huge news in Europe, and already it's pretty consequential. The Swedish authorities have asked for details of 400 to 500 Swedish nationals. The German, UK, and US authorities seem to have had some of this data before it was made public on Sunday evening and are apparently already investigating. Further afield, the Australian tax office is apparently investigating 800 individuals who appear. In some respects, it's a little bit like Ashley Madison. I was just with... thinking that. I was just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. that. So once again, we're having a line now. Go ahead. Please continue. Yeah, um, amazing. But in some respects, it's like the sort of almost financial infidelity equivalent of Ashley Madison. Now, it's important to stress, as people do throughout, that it's not improper to set up a company in an offshore jurisdiction, nor is it necessarily improper to set up a company and uh, have different legal versus beneficial owners of that company. However, the stories that are already emerging from this big pot of data suggest that some of the people who have used this law firm services have used it to mask what was going on. In one case that I'm involved with, for example, already uh, you know, within 24 hours of the breach, I found out some really interesting information uh, in respect of an internal investigation that I'm doing where an uh, individual concerned has used uh, this law firm to do uh, stuff which, knowing what else I know about this individual, is likely to be improper. And my suggestion is, uh, my impression is that there are hundreds of lawyers and investigators around the world already interested in this pot of data. Now, we've just got a small sample of the data that's available at this stage. We're promised... Uh, lots and lots more data in the coming weeks. There's another tranche uh, about to be released, I think, tonight, and then right up to May when the, the full uh, might of the information is apparently 
to be made public. But already it seems to me that there are some pretty substantial consequences. Um, first of all, uh, there are possibly ramifications under the UK bribery legislation, which in some circumstances criminalises the acts of uh, individuals or companies associated with mainstream businesses. There's already a suggestion that one corporation who has done a deal with the U.S. authorities over their, their FCPA liability may be involved in this particular breach and may have used this law firm. Again, they might have done it for completely proper purposes, but it might be that their FCPA uh, issues revisit them in light of these new revelations. Sanctions is likely to be a huge issue. Allegedly, a lot of uh, these um, entities are connected to a Russian bank that's on a sanctions list uh, by the, uh, from the U.S. and U.K. authorities. And if, and I'm stressing if, Eric, uh, these uh, entities have been used to evade the sanctions rules, there are clearly consequences there as well. In anti-money laundering, many banks, of course, have to do due diligence into entities. Have they been able to do due diligence properly? Will they have to review their due diligence processes and review the accounts of some of their existing customers in light of these revelations? Um, again, the, most financial institutions are prohibited or have to take special caution when dealing with PEPs, uh, politically exposed persons. It seems that at least 140 PEPs are in this breach. And then the other thing possibly to say is how has this breach come about and uh, are there consequences for the legal community as a result? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, yeah. it's, it's too early to say. Um, uh, Mossack Fonseca's website says, uh, quote, our officers are supported by secure, state-of-the-art technology that is upgraded continually. If it's a result of a hacking attack, then it might well be that the law firm themselves have some responsibility over the statements that they have made to their mm -hmm. clients uh, over their confidentiality. And additionally, of course, the interesting thing to say is just because this data has been obtained, it doesn't mean to say as we said with Ashley Madison, that it's legitimate to use the data. Some individuals still have data protection rights. As I've stressed, you can use this type of structure for legitimate as well as illegitimate purposes. We shouldn't necessarily be jumping to conclusions. Some of this data may be protected by legal professional privilege, particularly in the way in which some law firms may have done this as, uh, 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 as part of a uh, legitimate corporate reorganization. And data protection laws will also come into play if uh, this is legitimate, organizer, uh, legitimate information and, and, as I said, subject to certain exemptions over uh, tax evasion or uh, illegal acts. But again, this is something that people have to be cautious about. We have seen in Europe that people have uh, investigated for proper reasons in an improper way, and that in itself brings consequences. Just because you think you're chasing bad guys away doesn't mean to say you can use the same techniques as bad guys do. So 
this is, I'm sure, a topic that's going to rumble on and on. We're just scratching the surface in the news that broke overnight, Eric. But I wondered mm. if you had any thoughts on any of that. Well, gosh, you've covered the waterfront, but I must say it's a fascinating topic, and I do have a few thoughts. I was wondering, first of all, when would Ashley Madison come back to our podcast? And we've had several <laughs> sessions on Ashley Madison, and it's boomeranged back again in some ways here uh, because we saw there, you know, just the you know the layers of the onion getting peeled back more and more as we saw the implications oh. of that particular data breach and the consequences for those who were involved. Um, you know, this is a, a different type of, uh, you know, different sort of information perhaps might be uh, obtained in a different site uh, that's been compromised. Um, I, I am concerned when you think about how clients um, must have complete trust when they share their information uh, with their law firms. And that's, you know, the, the pillar of the attorney-client privilege in our country where you can meet with clients, they can say anything to their lawyer and it's protected uh, because to have effective representation, you need to be able to share with your attorney not only positive facts but those that might be somewhat uh, negative and know that your attorney will handle that information uh, zealously uh, within the bounds of the law to protect you. And if there's sharing of information back and forth between clients and attorneys, and it can then uh, go outside of the attorney-client privilege, that really can you know, rock the foundation um, of the attorney-client privilege and, and the trust uh, and uh, you know, the confidence in the, the relationship. And so you ask the question, you know, how will this you know, impact the legal community? Well, uh, it could, this type of um, incident could very much um, cause great concern among clients as to you know, what to do and what to share with uh, their attorneys. And so those uh, law firms that can promise and deliver uh, security when it comes to their clients' information are going to have a strategic advantage uh, in the legal marketplace, uh, and, and rightfully so. Don't you think, Jonathan? I think you're right. I mean, the fascinating thing, I think, is on the privilege point that apparently the documents show uh, some issues with 72 current or former heads of state, including, mm. uh, including the UK Prime Minister David Cameron. And it's interesting, it would be interesting to notice how many of those heads of state have been trying to undermine legal prof professional privilege and are now thinking differently this morning, won't they? Yeah, that's true. Turnabout, turnabout is fair play, right? Um, all right, well, listen, this is a, a, a very interesting topic. Thank you for uh, covering it so quickly as it broke. Uh, this might come back in our podcast later, just like Ashley Madison. Um, Unless you have any further thoughts, Jonathan, I will just simply say I am Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris in San Francisco. You can reach me by email at ejsinrod at DwayneMorris.com. Uh, you can find us on the usual social media outlets, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. And then I'll turn it back to Jonathan. And Jonathan, if you, if you have any concluding thoughts, please feel free to share. Otherwise, uh, your usual sign-off would be terrific. Thank you. Yeah, thanks much. Um, I think it is an emerging story. It is going to change, I think, minute by minute. There are uh, many, many news organizations going through these pots of data now and making new stories 
from it. Uh, we have our own little um, uh, site that's going to track some of this at www.bit.ly slash Panama Leaks. So you'd be welcome to visit that and, and have a look at some of the up-to-date news that we're posting. We'll post that in our uh, LinkedIn group as well. And do engage with us uh, through, through LinkedIn uh, or by email. I'm jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. We're always very happy to hear views. Uh, Twitter as well, at armstrongjp. And um, obviously this, uh, as Eric says, is a story that's, that will run and run. It's likely that we'll revisit it. And if there's a particular aspect of the story that you would like us to cover in forthcoming Tech Law 10 podcasts, then do shoot because it is uh, a huge story and we'd be interested in knowing which bits concern you the most. So all that remains is to thank you for listening and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again in a week or so. Take care. Cheers.